Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Tonight we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. Talking Heads song from the 60s, you might ask, how did we get here? Because I know we were, <clears throat> we were in the book of Judges, and uh, the answer to that question is twofold. Uh, first, the first answer, I believe, is uh, just the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, I know Pastor Joe has mentioned numerous times about worship and Pastor Paul, and they really don't coordinate his message with the worship, but how often the Holy Spirit just, just brings out that connection. And uh, what happened here is, I know Bill taught about walking with Jesus. Uh, then he talked about walking in the Spirit. And a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Paul did a very <laughs> great sermon on grace. So now we're going we're gonna to look at Hebrews chapter 11, which is really God's hall of faith. And uh, the second way that we got here is in the past few chapters of Judges, we had Barak and Gideon, who are both mentioned in this hall of faith as men of great faith. And uh, <clears throat> I know I have some trained people here, so I just want to start with a quick, quick verse from a song, People Get Ready, by Curtis Mayfield from the 60s. Yes, that's, <clears throat> that's it. We don't, we don't need no bags. All we need is faith to keep the diesels or the steam engines running, depending upon who, who, what trained person you ask. And, uh, and that's what this chapter is all about. Uh, we're jumping off from, uh, from verse, verse 38 um, in Hebrews 10. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Which is from Habakkuk, <clears throat> a verse from Habakkuk. And it's also repeated uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So <clears throat> as we start with verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, the word substance here uh, in the Greek is hypostasis, which is a, a setting or placing under that which has a foundation and is firm. So faith is, I believe, it's the foundation of, of our faith in Jesus, of what we believe. Um, the word evidence a proof, that by which a thing is proved or tested, a conviction. <clears throat> this is not so much a, uh, a definition of faith as it is the declaration of what faith does. It is the substance of things that are hoped for. And the word, su the word substance there has been translated in new versions 
the substantiating of things that we hope for and the evidence. <clears throat> that word has been translated conviction of things not seen. I'm convinced of the truths that I may not have, that I may not have seen. I'm convinced of their existence. There is evidence for the existence of God and it causes me to, to believe in God. Though I have never seen God, the evidence of his existence creates that faith in my heart. Now, I'm just going to read from the New Living Translation. Uh, <clears throat> faith is the confidence that, we, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Though through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. <clears throat> now, there are a lot of things that, that we believe in that, that we can't see. The wind. Another one is magnetism. See, I know that if opposite poles will attract. If I turn it around, I can't get them together. I can't see the magnetism, but I know it's there. And that is what, that what we believe. We believe in God as believers. We understand the nature of God, and we believe that, that he is there for us, that he will never reject us, and that he sent his son <clears throat> to die for us and cover our sins with his blood. Now we move on to verse 2. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Now, I know we've seen in the past, in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul writing 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. I see the evidence of God. I feel the presence of God. I feel the power of God. I feel the love of God, and I see the evidence of God's existence, and thus, and thus faith. I believe in the existence of God, though I've never seen God, yet I do not doubt his existence because of the evidence that is all around. Faith, the substantiation of things that are hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. And this is where, a big, again, these, we're going to see these, these, what the people that are mentioned here in chapter 11, all from the Old Testament, <coughs> all described as being men of great men and women of great faith. They may not have been perfect. We know that, that some of them resisted, but in the end, their faith was, was held as righteousness for them. Now, now verse 3. Now, before he gets into, into these, the, the, these people from the Old Testament, he starts with, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed, framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things that are, that are visible. So if we go to start in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God created the universe from nothing. Now, that, that's 
very hard for us to comprehend. Um, I'm thinking of some examples. If, we, if, <clears throat> if you go to Star Trek, you're beaming people up and down. Well, they're still starting with something, mixing up the atoms, and he's going somewhere else. So they still started with, with something. They didn't start with nothing. Um, the alchemists in, in, uh, in old times, they were trying to change lead into gold. But again, they, weren't, they were starting with something. They weren't starting with nothing. So again, God took the things that were unseen and he made them into, into material. Um, and now Psalms, verse 33, uh, chapter 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. <clears throat> Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. So again, we see again, this, this is the great God that we serve. And we, we know that he, he can do all things. He, he, he doesn't, he can't, there's nothing he can't do. There's, there's nothing he can't do. When we go back into Gideon, yeah, God could have defeated the Midianites <clears throat> in, in, a, in a blink of an eye, but that's not, that's not what he was about. He wanted, he wanted Gideon, he wanted Gideon to show his faith and to move on and to, again, to be an example for us. Um, now, a basic fact of our, our existence, we were created for God's pleasure. A person who lives for their own pleasure is living out of sync with God. It is interesting how that a person living for their own pleasure is constantly pursuing pleasure, constantly trying to find something new, something different, some new sensation. And this is the opposite of the whole Joel Osteen thing where, where he, he, it's like basically we're here for God to please us and that, that's, the, that's, what, that's what the whole basis have, of his messages are. Um, now, if we want <clears throat> to move on to verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. So, Abel still speaks to us of his faith, and is... Um, If we want to, uh, uh, Genesis 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. 
Now, there are a lot of people who, who point to the fact that, that Abel brought a lamb uh, and it was a blood sacrifice. Um, Cain's sacrifice was, was something that he, not he created, but from the ground. And it wasn't a blood sacrifice, but, but the point here is that it was sin that was, that was Cain's problem. And it was, and God rewarded Abel's faith. <clears throat> and we know that the, we know the, uh, the balance is that jealousy took over and uh, Cain killed Abel. But again, it was, it was Abel's faith that, that God got rewarded. It had nothing to do with the type of sacrifice because we know that later on, uh, a meal offering was common. They take the grain and make cakes out of it and offer it to the Lord. So it, it wasn't that part. It wasn't the fact that it was that it was of the ground. It wasn't the fact that Abel's was was a lamb. It was the fact that Cain <clears throat> was in sin and it wasn't offered in faith. So if we move on now to verse five, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had, his, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now this is Genesis chapter five, verse 21. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. I guess this could be the first. Uh, uh, okay, now, the first rapture, yes, the first rapture. <laughs> uh, and how, what, a, what a testimony it was. Uh, again, nothing else about Enoch, kind of a mystery man, not mentioned anywhere else, but. Obviously, it was his faith. He, pleased, he walked with God. What more could you ask for? So obviously, he had faith in the Lord. Um, again, you couldn't ask for a better testimony than that. Um, so now if we move on to, uh, to verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he, that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently speak him. <clears throat> That's kind of the, the point here that, I, I mean, it's faith. We have faith in God. We have faith that, that he, his son died for us. We have faith that our sins are covered in his blood. Uh, now, Spurgeon, uh, Charles Spurgeon gives a little thing here. Do we not sometimes fail in this matter? We try to come to God without believing that he is. We seem to pray to nothing or to nobody, to a specter, to a phantom. But that prayer which is accepted is prayer to a real God of whom we are assured that he is. Do we not also fail in our belief as to the success of prayer? We do not fully recognize that he is a rewarder of them that diligently speak him. He that prays, believing that God will be found by him, shall not pray in vain. Tonight, we may well say, Lord, increase our faith. And I think that's something that we all do. 
please help us to, to get closer to you. Please help us to, to seek you more. Uh, please help us to, again, just, just lay our burdens on you because we know that you will, you will help us. You will, you will answer our prayers. Now we're going to move on to our next, our next uh, person in the, the Hall of Faith. You know, uh, Yankee Stadium. They have Monument Park. You have all these great Yankees: uh, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, etc. Uh, it's not uncommon. A lot of these sports arenas have these. You know, Cowboy Stadium, Tom Landry, Roger Staubach, all these great men for these these teams. But now these are great men for God. These are great men who showed their faith in God and who, who were rewarded for their faith. So now, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. <clears throat> now, Noah, uh, faith, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, up until this time, there had been no rain on the earth. Um, the earth, I guess it was kind of dew that would rise up from the ground overnight. Um, so the earth was watered by, by this mist that would come up out of the ground every evening. There was no doubt a very heavy moisture blanket around the earth as God divided the waters above the firmament from the waters beneath the firmament. And this heavy water blanket in the atmosphere no doubt accounted for the discoveries in the geological stratas of asparagus ferns 60 or 70 feet high. It probably accounted for the longevity of life, uh, average 900 years or so. For the moisture blanket shielded the earth from much of the cosmic radiation, which causes mutation of the cells and the breakdown of the aging process. I know we had uh, a gentleman here a while ago from... Uh, answers in Genesis. We went through this whole presentation about the different layers, uh, the strata or whatever you call it, in the Grand Canyon and how it refutes evolution. It's like all these things happened because of a massive the flood. So, and then sometimes, you know, when you step out in faith, um, it, sometimes it, it is very hard. Uh, you know, again, Noah, you can imagine what went on. Again, no rain. It's like, you know, I'm going to tell a farmer in Iowa in the cornfield, you know, I want you to build me an ark, and there's no, there's no water around for thousands of miles. So you know he must have been ridiculed by, by the people around him. But he, he, he kept on. He, he fulfilled his promise with God, and we know that, <clears throat> that he was rewarded from it. He was spared from the flood. Now, this, this, the, the period of the antediluvians, which is the, uh, the pre-flood people bef before, the, before the deluge, um, which would have been great. I wish we could get the water blanket back. You know, at 63, I'd only be like 10 years old. Um, so again, it, it, it gave them long life with tremendous growth of plants and trees. They'd never seen rain before. God said that he was going to cause it to rain upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Noah tried to warn the people of the impending flood that was going to come, and they mocked him. For 100 years, he was building his giant ship out in an area that had never known rain. This is tremendous faith. Now, going back to Hebrews, you know, these, 
these, these gentlemen, these people, they didn't have the Bible to refer to. They were just going strictly on their faith in the Lord, their faith in God's promise. Again, the whole, the whole idea here in the chapter that is, is through faith that a person is accounted righteous before God. It is believing in God that is most important, not my works, they follow. Works will logically, automatically follow my faith, but works cannot produce faith, nor can they substitute for faith. Faith does work. I cannot say that I believe with all of my heart without my life conforming to what I believe. There has to be that conformity, but faith has to come first. My faith in God provokes my works for God. So now we're going to move on to verse 8. Um, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So this is Genesis uh, Genesis 12, verse 7, God tells Abraham, to your descendants I will give this land. And now we know that Abraham, uh, he made mistakes. He wasn't perfect by any means. We know that when he got to Egypt, he told Pharaoh that Sarah is my sister, and the trouble caused the Egyptians, and then in the end he was rebuked. You know, why did you say this? because obviously he was fearful for his life. He figured they would kill him and take Sarah. Again, it happened later on. <clears throat> Again, he went to a new, new region, and he told that Sarah was his sister. So he wasn't perfect by any means, but God is not looking for us to be perfect. He wants us to want him. He wants us to, to put our faith in him. He knows that we're not perfect. That's why he sent his son to cover us, to cover our sins in his blood. Verse 9, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him all at the same time. And we know in Genesis 13, verse 16, God tells him, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. Verse 10, for he waited for the city which, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So this is, he, he is waiting for the promise. He is waiting for the new Jerusalem. He is waiting for heaven. But he has faith that it will come. He has faith in the Lord that it will come. Let, uh, verse 11, by faith Sarah herself also received the strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when he was past the age, because she judged him, the Lord, faithful, who had promised. Genesis 17, uh, Genesis 15, verse 4, he, said, he told Abraham, the heir will come from your body. Genesis 17, Isaac, the covenant with Isaac and his descendants. Now, verse 12, therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand by the seaside. Now, we know that, that God made those promises to Abraham. We also know that God tested Abraham uh, when he instructed Abraham 
that he wanted, he wanted him to sacrifice his son. Now, I know Pastor Vinny has taught on this. You know, God had told Abraham, one, that these descendants were going to come from your body, even though you're old and your wife is, is past childbearing age, and two, that Isaac was going to be the son of promise. So we know that when Abraham went to fulfill this, when he was going to, he made the preparations, he took Isaac and the wood, and et cetera, et cetera, and he was going to go through with the sacrifice up until um, he raised, he raised the, the knife. We know that Abraham had tremendous faith. Now, Pastor Vinny taught, he said, you know, God said it, and that's it. And Abraham had that, had that deep-rooted faith. God knew either God's going to raise him, going to raise Isaac, he's going to provide, whatever. So, again, this is tremendous faith that, uh, that Abraham showed. And this is why, he's, again, he's part of this, uh, this whole of faith of the Lord, uh, which, again, is here for, for, our, for our knowledge, for us to learn from. And the Apostle Paul, who was believed to have written Hebrews, now, remember, Paul was a scholar, uh, a Pharisee, so he, he knew all this stuff backwards and forwards. Now, he's... he's reaching out to the Hebrews, to the Hebrew, to the Jewish believers, he's exhorting them, he's showing them all these examples that they would understand because I think that at this time they might have been a little bit lacking in their faith. Uh, and again, he's exhorting them, he's showing them all these examples from the Old Testament to, to bring them around, to, 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 to give them confidence, to, to move them forward. So we move on to, to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, because these, all of these, these people, they were all before the new covenant. They were all before the, the death and resurrection. So the <clears throat> general consensus is that they they were, went into a, a holding place. They, weren't, they didn't go right up to heaven. They went into a holding place. Now, when Jesus died on the cross and fulfilled the new covenant and covered sin with his blood uh, in between the death, the crucifixion, and the resurrection, he descended into, into the abyss. And it's believed he descended into the abyss to, bring, to free all these saints and bring them into into the new glory and the new Jerusalem with the Lord. Verse 14, for, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And again, they, they believed. They believed in, in, the, in the new, in the, in the coming being with God. They believed, the, the, again, the promises that, that were made to them. And... Uh, I, it, it's just hope that, that we all have that same faith, that we can, that we can again, live up to these, live up to these promises, um, that we can put our faith in the Lord and, and walk in the Lord. And just as these, these, uh, these individuals were examples for us, examples in this world, examples in their faith, how they believe, 
think we need to come to that to that point where where we can believe in the where we believe in the Lord and we are ready to step out. Now I, I know that there are again I, I Pastor Joe has mentioned it a few times. If you want to put a life application on it, when uh, when things happened here at Crossfields and they came to him and they said we want you to be a senior pastor, it, it wasn't really something he had in mind, but he stepped out in faith and. I uh, just spoke to him a little while ago. It was a big step of faith. Uh, but he had faith in the Lord, and the Lord, again, worked it out. And uh, we know that he's, he's an excellent teacher. And, uh, again, we, we couldn't ask for, for more, a better example of a life application of, of faith. And I, I think that that's, we need to get to that point where we're ready to, uh, to step out and do things. And it's the whole point, we go back to judges, um, these people, the judges, the, the deliverers who delivered their people out of, uh, out of bondage after the people cried out to them. These, I mean, Gideon, Barak, these were all tremendous odds for them, uh, again, without having, without having the Bible to, to, to guide them. They were tremendous accomplishments that they did because they, they, put their fears aside. We know they had reservations. We know that Gideon asked for, uh, wanted confirmation on more than one occasion and God stooped and get, gave it to him. But it was a tremendous thing that they did and they had tremendous faith to, to step out and do it. And I just hope that we get to that point where, where, where we, can, we can do that. We can um, step out and and be ready to serve him, um, our, our witness. Um, if, if our witness uh, it, it brings somebody to him, where people will say, well, how come you have so a peace about you? What, what is it that you have? And we, we are bold, bold enough to say, to explain, well, I have, I have faith in the Lord. I, I have, uh, again, I, 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 I'm at peace with the Lord. Uh, I know... I, again, I've told it a few times. Um, you know, I had surgery a few months ago, and you know, the, it wasn't the outcome that they expected. And the surgeons told my wife, "Well, don't tell him. Don't tell him. He needs to. He needs to to get well for a while. He he needs to, again, to get past it. Don't tell him that that we we couldn't do what we said we did." And of course, she laughed at him and said, "What are you talking about?" He said. He'll it won't be he'll be fine. It will be accepted. It's not a big deal. And I know I had to, two days later after the surgery, I had a social worker come in, and I said, "Well, they they said they wanted me to come talk to you to see if you're okay." I said, hey, I'm fine. I mean, what? It is what it is. I mean, I have faith that the Lord will get me through, that that it will work out. And uh, again, it's just that's the way the world is. They don't believe. They don't believe that that we can we can be so comfortable in our faith in the Lord. And I think that that's the way we have to go. That's what we need. We need to reach that point. We need to, to be as these examples uh, in, in the Old Testament, uh, again, which are there for us to learn from. And I just hope that, that this will, <clears throat> again, help anyone here who's, who's lacking or whose faith they need a, a renewal of. Um, again, I just want to... Again, to just to, to, to offer it, 
I mean, it's, it's there for anybody who wants it. And we just need to have faith in the Lord and His, uh, and his, his wishes for us. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.